So I'll let you get us rolling here. Are we All right. Oh, we are recording. I just hit the button. Uh, Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Welcome. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, Justin. Justin. Yes. Justin, there is something that is absolutely a priority. Like, just prima facie, we have to handle this now on the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, the biggest sports news of the year has happened. The most important sports news of the year has happened. Folks, are you ready? Netflix's hit show, Drive to Survive, has dropped their final trailer, and we are two weeks away from the release date. Get excited! <laughs> which is then only about a week ahead of winter testing, which is only a couple weeks ahead of the first race. F1 is back! It is going to be a hell of a year. There have been so many things. This is the perfect time to get into Formula One, and as we get closer, probably when Drive to Survive drops, I demand, I, I demand, I say, that we do an episode solely dedicated as a true season preview this year. But until that day, um, uh, just just know that the trailer is out. This is coming. This is something I need everyone to have on their schedules and get excited about, including my co-host, Justin Sapichka. I'm yes. Nick McConnell, and today we're going to play a game. Justin, what's that game? Well, uh, today's game that we are going to play uh, – I'm going to give Nick a little uh, NBA tutoring, as he calls it. Uh, yes. Nick says he was said he was going to try to pay attention to the NBA this year. Yeah. And by his own admission, he has not uh, followed through on that promise. I have like, uh, been keeping like all up. Good, like all good Catholics, I failed to deliver, and I'm now incredibly guilty. So uh, here I am doing my penance. Consider this the basketball confessional. I really wanted to get into the NBA this year. It feels like as just like a human being who enjoys sports, I'm not into it enough. And so just as I understand, as I understand the lesson plan we kind of laid out earlier, there's going to be a brief and very humiliating pretest in which you ask me questions that if I had literally watched more than like four NBA basketball games this year, I would know. And consumed like any content about it, I would know. Uh, and, and then there's going to be a lesson. Yes. And, and hopefully, hopefully, I um, I am in my home at that point, so I can take notes on that lesson. And then there will be, uh, I believe, a closed book test. Yes, I'm. I'm not exactly sure how the lesson and the closed book test will go. I, I plan to just ramble and hope for the best as all good preparedness uh, people do. That was Great. a word soup, but we. <laughs> Fantastic. Folks, I also want to apologize for any audio um, quality issues and the fact that I'm using my drive time radio voice because I am currently on America's greatest motorway, Highway 2 in Nebraska. <laughs> Highway 2. Dude, I can turn around and get to the sand hills. You shut the hell up. I go all the way from Nebraska City. From the apple orchards of Nebraska City to the desolate wonder that is Western Nebraska, you shut your mouth about my favorite highway in the world. You know what? I, I don't have a better pick for uh, best highway. So um... it is the only motorway in the state to get excited about. 
at me about it. I-80 is through just like the fields of oblivion. There's there's nothing remotely fun about I-80. But but Highway 2, it's gonna take you through the sand hills, and instead of just total agricultural desolation, you get untouched, still agricultural, but seemingly free desolation. That reminds me of a fun geography fact about western Nebraska. I'm oh hit me hit me so hard with this. Nebraska, uh Panorama Point in western Nebraska, it's at like the very edge of the panhandle. It's the highest elevation in the state above sea level. Guess where it ranks in the US? Well, it like of, of all the state's highest points, like their feet above sea level, where does Nebraska's highest point rank? Oh man, what's gonna be higher than us? Everything in Appalachia is going to have a... Well, not even necessarily. Because it all slopes down... Hmm. This is hard. Uh, can, can we play hot or cold here? Uh, just take a guess. <laughs> um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say 12th highest point... Or 12th highest state. 19. In the, in the Nineteen. Okay, not terrible. Yeah. Not not dreadful. I I would have thought. I guess okay. Yeah. Like if all of Appalachia is higher than us, and all of the Rockies, and the Sierra Nevadas, and then you get the Cascades and Oregon and Washington. But of states that don't have mountains, we are well, the highest point. Uh, we are the highest state high point that is not a mountain or a hill. It is, it is not considered a hill. It is not. It's literally just a point on the map. Panorama point. Interesting. I assume that it's at least like an outcropping. Yes. But like it's, you can, you are, if, it, if it's panoramic, that means it's elevated. Yes, it's elevated, certainly. But it's, it's not like a, it doesn't meet the scientific requirements for a hill. So. <laughs> very exciting. Very exciting. Uh, I would like to say I think we should take a field trip to Panoramic Point at some point. We can, yes. oh my god, oh my god, here's what we do. You know those terrible, terrible so some nameless TV stations in town do these cruises oh where my you, god. Get, you get to go on a cruise with like with like, again, reporters who will remain nameless and you get to just like hang out with them for like two weeks on a cruise that's inevitably to somewhere you would like not have at like the absolute top of your list to go to. Like it's never the like Alaska, Greek islands. It's always like, would you like to go on a fjord? I mean, they're, they're they do great work. I just think it's weird. No. Justin. Dayton lost. What's wrong, homie? No! Damn it! They're not making the they tournament. Like what? I don't think they're going to make the they're tournament. They're not the tournament? No, they're 14 and no! 9. In the Ten. Oh, but none of the other teams are good this year, right? 
Well, nobody really is good in college basketball this year, except for like Gonzaga and Baylor. Like Duke and North Carolina both suck. Kansas almost lost to UTEP yesterday. Iowa, I guess, is good, but like pretty much every other traditional power sucks. And uh, there's no real random teams like there were last year with Dayton at the top. So it's literally just like Baylor, Iowa, Gonzaga, and then anybody. That fourth one seed is going to be literally anybody's. But we are not here to talk about college basketball. We are here to talk about professionals playing the sport that Justin loves and, and I occasionally partake in. Um, Justin, pretest. Let's go. I'm so ready. All right. Question one. Who has the best record in the league? I should. I, okay. I had the urge. I'd like to say this now. I had the urge to start looking up these very basic facts. Uh. But I did not. I did not because I knew it's funnier to watch me, a person who purports to occasionally talk about sports, totally with it on a sport I know nothing about, even though it's like one of the big five in America. The best record in the league right now is the Los Angeles Lakers. It is the Utah Jazz. What? What? Yes. Did they make the playoffs last year? Yes, they did. They lost in the first round to the Denver Nuggets. And Okay. What is their record? They are currently at 27 and 9, the Utah Jazz. No, 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 no. Utah shouldn't win things. (laughs) This is like, I think I'll I'll bring up Utah in my uh little uh lecture but <laughs> they okay. have a they're a very fun team to follow this season for do they get harder from here on out do the questions on this pretest get more difficult i think so <laughs> okay 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 there are some multiple choice ones down the line so how very exciting <laughs> all right there are three players who have separated themselves from the pack in the MVP conversation. Who are they? The, the three leading candidates. I will, if you get at least one of them right, I will be impressed. Two, I will count it as a answered question. All three. In. I'll give you a free Google on another one. Okay, okay, okay. LeBron James. Yes, that's one. That was the gimme. That, that was the gimme. No one should be impressed by that. Yes. Oh, this is the part where Nick wonders aloud to himself if Anthony Davis is hurt. He's hurt. He's I'm... hurt. So he's so he's not in the conversation, I'm guessing. If no. I don't I think he might be hurt. And and I imagine that if he spent any part of the first half of the season pretty severely injured. I, I don't think that it makes sense to pick him. Kevin Durant might also still be hurt. He's pretty old, and people were bearish on him when I was reading season previews. I'm going to say it's not Kevin Durant. 
now to choose who it is. Yes. Uh, James Harden got fat. It's probably not James Harden. Um, <laughs> Jimmy Butler's cool, but I think when I looked at the standings, the Heat were in the middle of the pack. The Knicks are in the middle of the pack. For them, that's good, but it probably doesn't mean an MVP conversation contendee. Unless we've got some, like, Lynn Sanity going on. Um, oh, this is hard. This shouldn't be hard. Okay, 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 okay. Hmm. Damian Lillard had a hell of the end of last season. He was a bubble basketball man. So what the hell, Damian Lillard? It's a good guess. Uh, who... But he is not up there in the MVP conversation. He's having a great year. He's certainly uh, continued that hot streak, but he is just not quite doing what some other players are doing. Where in the world is Kawhi Leonard now? The LA Clippers. I have not heard his name. Frequently. That said, I have not heard the names of any NBA players frequently since I tried to follow the playoffs and kind of succeeded last year. Um, so not 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 KD, not Kawhi, Steph. No, no. I feel like Golden State's not good right now. Who else is on that damn Laker team? Well, you wouldn't have two. You wouldn't have two from the same team. Oh, I'm forgetting about the Milwaukee Bucks and also that fellow who has the strange names. <laughs> there are two fellows with strange names, and I should have guessed one of them instead of Kawhi. Um, Luka Doncic. Luka was a popular MVP pick in coming into the season because typically year three, is when you start to see, you know, players with superstar potential start to really play up to that potential. But he has not delivered, and I suck. Well, he, he's been playing good, but he is not, you know, he's not like LeBron. So he is okay, not okay, okay. in the can, MVP can conversation. A, can I beg you for a fourth sympathy guess? Go for it. <sighs> uh, Giannis? Also having a fine year, but not really compared to his previous two MVP seasons. So damn it. He is not really okay, in the running. Right. Who, who is in the running? LeBron. LeBron, actually, I would have him third in the rankings at this point. Really? Really? Yes. Behind of the Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic. And Jokic, not Doncic, Jokic. Jokic. That's the guy I was thinking of, but I said the wrong damn name, Tim. And my first half of the season MVP from the Philadelphia 76ers, Joel Embiid. Oh, yes. He's also famous. Yes. Interesting. Okay. 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 Filing this information. All right. Next question. Please, sir. Rank these teams in the Eastern Conference from highest in the standings to least highest in the standings. Okay. 
Raptors, Heat, and Knicks. Okay, okay. I think it goes... The Raptors are my only wild card here. The Knicks, I think, are fifth in the division. The Heat, I think, are sixth. The Raptors are... Ahead of the Knicks. The Raptors are eighth. The Heat are sixth. And the Knicks are fifth. So impressive that I knew the exact spots of those two teams because it's kind of my team and it is Justin's team. Yes, I was like, you brought up the Knicks earlier in the uh, MVP, uh, you know, discussion. And that, so I had to change that question up because I was going to ask about (laughs) which, uh, which long-suffering franchise has? Uh, oh yeah, had a I would have gotten at- that though. I would have gotten that. Yes. Can between my knowledge of that and also the exact spots of those two, can I get a, a one correct answer? Sure. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I'm going to name five players. Cool. Four of them are on the NBA All-Star team this year. One is just a guy I made up. All right. Cool. Jalen Brown, Mike Conley, Dante Robinson, Julius Randle, or Zach Levine. The last two are real. Michael Conley's not a real person. He is the point guard of the Utah Jazz, and he is in the All-Star game this year. Dante is a character from the Backyard Sports video game franchise. Oh, damn it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I'm I'm not so sure the Utah Jazz are real either, but... I hate being alive. (laughs) Are there more questions? Yeah, all this is one more. If you were paying attention to the NBA this year, you should know this. This no. Washington Wizard leads the NBA in scoring with an impressive 33 points per game. I am going to answer with the only Washington Wizards player I can name. John Wall. John Wall is having a decent season for the Houston Rockets and... <laughs> Damn it! The correct answer is Bradley Beal. I have no idea who that man is. You could have convinced me he was an actor. He's got a very actory name. Follow up: Michael Conley has the whitest name ever. Is he a white? He is not. Uh, he goes by Mike, and he uh. he has been like a steadily consistent player in the NBA for like his entire career. And just finally, he's getting that recognition. He played in Memphis for a while, you know. Mm -hmm. Is he having a particularly good season? I would argue he's uh, the second best player on the best team record-wise in the league. So, yes. I got you. I got you. Okay. Can we keep this to like a 10-minute lesson? Yes. Oh, I'll probably go under that anyways, because like I said, I really have much prepared, but most of it's just off the cuffness. Okay, all right. 
So the, this year in the NBA, just like standings wise, it's very interesting because only like two or three teams made like major moves in the off season. So like you would think that the standings would be pretty similar to last season, but they're really not. I interestingly, and this is probably just because of the sports I follow. I would not say that my conventional wisdom would tell me that I would, I would say that like, it makes perfect sense that it's all mixed up because of COVID fatigue. Like, the teams who had to play later last year are naturally going to have, like, feel sandbagged because the bubble was such a, like, interesting experience and yes. tiring experience. And I would think that, like, teams who didn't make the playoffs or didn't go deep in the playoffs last year have a better chance. I guess what I'm saying is I'm amazed LeBron James is still standing up. <laughs> Yeah. Because on top of making a PC Space Jam, the guy must be exhausted. Yeah. Just the shortest turnaround of any offseason in NBA history. And, you know, he's still going strong in his 18th season. So, you know, it's not, though. What? His hairline. <laughs> That's been like <laughs> declining for over a sure. decade now the fact sure, that he but- even has anything resembling a hairline is just a miracle of modern hair science it really is i don't know why he would look perfectly fine bald he just doesn't want to look like mj right can we all recognize this <laughs> thank you america that's this is how i consume the nba this is mostly here to be like, God, LeBron is old. Why doesn't he go away? Yeah, he's never going to replace Michael Jordan's in the Michael Jordan in the minds of America, because the NBA is not as new and hip and interesting as it was then. And because I saw the tra- trailer, and Space Jam Two does not look like it has near the magic of Space Jam One. So no, also LeBron's never going to actually murder his father. So that's that's something. I'm just saying. You want to know what what I recently like learned? I learned about the Michael Jordan killed his dad conspiracy theory and it makes a lot of sense. Like okay, here's I mean, so he he the, the story goes and I realize I'm just like lengthening the podcast at this point, but who doesn't want to talk about this? Michael Jordan, that's you. Um, Michael Jordan, supposedly for the uninitiated listener, supposedly he gets into gambling debts that he can't possibly pay. And his father refuses to pay them. And so, and then this is, this is the part of the story that's like just absolutely true. Michael Jordan's dad is found dead, like in the woods, shot in the back. Is this is this true, Justin, or did I just read a dumb internet thing? I I don't think that's how he died. I want to say it was like some car crash. Oh really? Yeah. Okay, let's look this up then. Yes. Okay. He he wasn't shot in the woods. He was shot in his car. Oh, oh and then they found his body dumped off a bridge. Yes. 
I mean, come on. So, so immediately after this, Michael Jordan stops playing basketball and goes to play minor league baseball. And then he makes Space Jam. Everyone's like, hey, we love Mike. Actually, we just like Mike. Um, and we all want to be like Mike. Anyway, he comes back to the NBA after a period of time. And what is effectively a Michael Jordan propaganda piece comes out. The Space story Jam. is the story is that Michael killed his dad. Yes, Space Jam. The story is that Michael killed his dad and only came back to to basketball after laying low for a while. And then, like, the NBA said, okay, it's cool for you to come back, but we need you to do this propaganda piece about yourself. I just, I just think that Michael Jordan's dad said, I don't want to pay for these gambling debts. And Michael Jordan took that personally. But why would his dad, like, have to pay off his son's debts when his son is the immeasurably wealthy one? Because his son is a degenerate gambler, and presumably his he gave his dad money at some point, or his dad has some money. You, you see, that's where I think the theory, like I th- I think it's fishy that you know, you know, the father of a famous gambler gets shot. Like, there's obviously something fishy there, but I don't know how he would get involved in Michael Jordan's gambling, like in the first place. Unless it was the people he owed money to sending him a message. That's the only thing I can think of is something but like that. Then, I don't know how his dad would get involved otherwise. Even then, the NBA can't possibly have that stain on their record. One of their biggest players being involved in mob violence? I'm just saying the whole thing's sus. And I would not be surprised if the NBA was like, hey, Mike, I don't care what you do. You just can't play for us for a while. No, I mean. Yeah, but I think Space Jam was a little bit like it was image rehabilitation. Sure. But I think the main reason he agreed to do that movie was because he could get other NBA players in the movie and learn their moves and know how to stop them so he can return like back to the league prepared. I think that helped a lot. I saw I saw the last dance and, and that was their spin on it. And like that's definitely something Jordan would do is like create a whole movie just so he can gain some competitive advantage. But couldn't even just watch film though. But it's Michael Jordan. He doesn't become Michael Jordan just by watching film. He has to go above and beyond. That's interesting. I also just think that I'm compelled by this because I think the last danceification of Michael Jordan has made me more skeptical about the whole Michael Jordan story. Like the fact that he wants to give you this pretty brutal look at him tells me one of two things. Either he's a sociopath, which like I'll buy it, or this guy is hiding something deeper and so he's going to throw you a gritty thing so that he doesn't have to throw you the really gritty thing. Or like this was an idea 
because Michael Jordan, a very fascinating person in the prime of his career, like the team who made The Last Dance had wanted to do this for forever, like make this 10-part documentary about the life of Michael Jordan. They just couldn't get Jordan's approval until the day LeBron James had the championship parade after he brought a title to Cleveland by defeating the 73-9 and Warriors and becoming the only player in NBA history to come back from a 3-1 lead in the NBA Finals. And MJ finally said, we're going to do this. Yes. That's, that's when MJ agreed. It was either like that day or like the day after. He's so legacy obsessed. That's fascinating. Yes. Oh, he, my God. These positions really do be petty, though. Oh. Yeah, he's like, you can see the warts as long as these kids know I'm still the greatest. Which I I would not dispute, but that's a story for another time. Yes. Anyway, so the Jazz have been good. That sucks. Yeah, the Utah Jazz. It's absolutely hilarious because uh, best record in the league, and yet, you know, the NBA All-Star Game, the format is team captains. So you just, you pick players from the pool of All-Stars. And... The two Utah Jazz players who made it were the last two picks. <laughs> Nobody in the league, either the players or even the media, respects the Utah Jazz, despite 23-9 and in the first half of the season. I love that. <laughs> and you know what? I'm with them. Rudy Gobert crumbles anytime he faces a center with a pulse. And, you know... The rest of the Utah Four Jazz, it's good. I, I, I love the way they play basketball. I'm a big fan of the no superstar. Everybody does their part game. But <laughs> there's no way they beat the Lakers in a series. There's no way they beat the Clippers. Like, <laughs> I'd even take the Nuggets over them again. And the Nuggets have taken a significant step back. Like, when it comes down to... Who's your best player? Who's going to take that last shot? You know, the Jazz don't have anybody who fits that mold. And as fun as it would be to have them be this 04 Pistons, you know, dynasty buster, the little guy wins, I just don't see it. They they are not ready for the big stage. Like the fully a fully healthy Miami Heat team won by like double digits over them. This team. So it's less about how does the West just suck? No, the West is by far the superior conference this year, which is weird because like, I just think the Utah Jazz are a very good regular season team because they are so deep. Yeah, but depth doesn't matter as much when you get to the playoffs. No, when, when the rotation gets a, shortened. It matters in a different way. Yeah. Like, it definitely still matters, but, you know, Utah's strength this season is that the guys on their bench are like just as good as like the bottom half of their starting lineup. And then the top half of their starting lineup are like all-star good. So it's just a bunch of, you know, all-stars and then guys who like are starters or like starter quality, like coming off the bench. So like any given game, you know, a a Bogdan Bogdanovich, Joe Ingles, Jordan Clarkson can go for like 20, which is but that's insane off of the bench. Yeah, off of the but, bench, but, that's insane. 
But, but like what you're saying is their all-stars aren't are all-star caliber, but like low-tier all-star caliber. Yes, they're they were the last picks in the draft for a reason. And Mike Conley only got in as an injury replacement for Devin Booker. So who are the captains of the all-star teams and are they named after the all-star teams or is it actually east and west this year it is team lebron against team durant ah and we're taking team lebron oh yeah lebron clearly drafted the the better roster it's i want to say off the top of my head it's like lebron luka Doncic, Jokic, stephen curry and another really good player who i can't remember but you know are the Golden State Warriors back? Not really, because uh, right. th- because of a question I did not ask, which was which of these following NBA superstars has not played a game this season, and the answer would have been Clay Thompson, uh, Curry's right-hand man in Golden State for his entire time there, has miss is going to miss the entire season with an Achilles injury. So it's it's basically just Curry and the rookies, and the Golden State it's- Warriors. They're not dead, though, because the worst team in the league right now, the Minnesota Timberwolves, made a trade last year with the Warriors. So uh, the Warriors have their pick, which is likely going to be the pick that has the best odds of being the number one draft pick this year. So Interesting. Warriors might either, have draft Yeah, pick. draft for the future or trade for the present with that pick. Interesting. I would think they would want to probably draft for the future. Yeah, like they had the second overall pick this year, and that's what they did. So, yeah. So you'd assume that they'd continue to do that. Okay. What does the rest of the West look like? In second place, um, seemingly out of nowhere, uh, the Phoenix Suns, a team that did not make the playoffs last, last year. Yes. Are you lying to me? Absolutely not. The Suns are the two seed. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Is Steve Nash's ghost playing for them? Chris Paul, so close enough. Um, uh, <laughs> that's shockingly accurate. Um, <laughs> how did Chris Paul get to Phoenix? A, a trade with Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City, like their entire uh, MO as a franchise, is just to get as many draft picks as like humanly possible. So... Let me let me look this up real quick because it is insane. So OKC is going to be really good in five years, is what I'm hearing. If if they draft well, they have four first round picks in the 2021 draft. Jesus. <laughs> they have three in the 2022 draft. So far, yes. Again, and three in the 2023 as well. Holy crap. They're going to be unstoppable. Three in the 2024. They're going to be unstoppable. <laughs> and then some uh, two pick swaps in 2025. A pick swap is where you don't technically uh, trade draft picks, but uh, whichever team has the better draft position you get. So like if, if the Thunder do a pick swap with the Hawks, uh, if the Thunder finish with a better draft pick than the Hawks just naturally, then there's no trade. But if the Hawks are worse than the Thunder, then there is a trade. So interesting. So yeah, if they just hit on like 5% of those picks, like 
they're going to have a starting lineup that's worthwhile. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, if they hit on 50%. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) And you'd think they would at least be able to swing at 50%. Right? Hopefully. Like, everybody loves draft picks until it's, like, actually time to draft because the Brooklyn Nets made a similar trade uh, back in 2013 where they traded... I think seven years worth of first round picks to the Boston Celtics. And currently the Nets are better than the Celtics. This team, mm-hmm. they built with those picks just through free agency and trades. So. I think the, the thing about OKC though, is you're never going to get players to want to move to Oklahoma city. No. And so you've got to draft them and then keep a team so good that they want to stay around and win a ship. Which they had with, <laughs> Harden, Durant, and Westbrook, but right, they just couldn't make the money work out. And again, it's it's hard to convince people to stay in Oklahoma City long term, a city that shouldn't even have an NBA team. But a city that shouldn't exist. But like, never mind. OKC is like I, I, I OKC and Wichita, Kansas. No, I'm sorry. Topeka, Kansas is what I'm thinking of. Topeka is the most depressing city I've ever been to, save maybe Milwaukee. But Milwaukee justifies its existence with some semblance of culture. Yeah, it's Topeka, it's, it's, it's the beer eat. town. Yeah, it's the beer town. They got the Brewers. For some reason, we gave them an NBA team. It's the most redneck logo except for the, uh, the Grizzlies and... Um, the Timberwolves. Remember when Kevin Love was like a big deal? Oh my God. He was a walk in 2020 every night, 20 points, 20 rebounds. And then <laughs> he went to Cleveland to, to be LeBron's third wheel with him and Kyrie Irving. And he did what he had to there. But like, oh God, I would have loved to see how he would have progressed as the number one guy just in Minnesota his whole career. And now he's in Cleveland. But he's just, like, so mentally burned out that, you know. (laughs) He's just going to, like, play a few more years and be done. And I appreciate that, like, I think the NBA has this. I think that, like, soccer has this. But, like, football – oh, baseball has this in spades. But, like, football doesn't seem to have just, like, the workman mentality of, like, I'm just going to – play this game until I physically cannot anymore. And part of it is that, that comes up so much faster in football. But like, think about all of the just like mid-tier, not quite minor league bad, but just barely major league good MLB pitchers there are. Just like, you're there. You can throw a ball pretty dang fast. Not fast enough to really impress anyone at this level not fast enough to not give up runs in critical moments, but there has to be someone on this team being the guy who gives up runs in critical moments. And it's you because you'll give up marginally less of them than the next guy. That to me is one of the most fascinating positions in sports. The pitcher who is out there solely because you can't have nobody out there. Like the game is lost. It's either so lost or so won that there is no point in having anybody out there other than this guy who's, who you just need to be average to have a successful outing because nothing he does matters. He's just there because there's somebody there. I think 
you end up with like a lot of guys who used to be pretty good in that in that position. But I think more than that, you end up with a lot of guys who just seem like nice fellas. Yeah. Uh, just like I would hang out with the useless relief pitchers association of America. You know what I mean? Those would those guys would be a cool hang. Do you, do you have a favorite useless relief pitcher in the majors right I now? I don't know any of their names. Exactly, because I can't – I've been trying to think of a, an example who will just bring the house down of like, oh, that's who they're talking about. The best I've got no- is Rafael Betancourt, and I only know him because I've been doing MLB 2K12 rebuilds out of boredom recently. So <laughs> – You sad sack. Okay, um, I feel like we've sufficiently talked about the West – Give me the rest of the picture, at least, and a, a blurb about each team. All right. Uh, the Lakers are in third. Anthony Davis has been on again, off again, hurt. LeBron has yeah. LeBron has rest breaks every two to three games. So they're obviously what? not. Yeah. Well, he's, you know, year 18, 36 years old, shortest offseason in NBA history in a sport where the regular season doesn't really matter if you can turn it on in the playoffs. Like, is he just trying to Ken Griffey Sr. his son at this point? Is that the only thing he wants? I mean, I in my head, that's when he retires is when his son gets to the league. But I think LeBron is a very calculated player. I'd say more so than almost anybody in the history of basketball. I think for years he has had this plan in his head about how his career is going to go. Like probably as, as soon as he made up in his mind, he was going to go back to Cleveland. He, he already knew that LA was the place he was going to retire. Like maybe even when he signed on Miami, he knew that he was going to get his championship. So everyone would just shut up about him not having one, then go back to Cleveland, be, be the hero and then go to the place he wants to retire in, which is LA. So I think that, Brawny coming to the NBA is the logical, like, closed book moment of LeBron James's career. But, like, father time has to catch up to him eventually, and he knows that. So, like, there's the off chance that happens before his son gets there. So he'll just do things, you know, like take a regular season game off just for rest every now and then because that's the price he has to pay to still be himself in the playoffs and still keep his career afloat as long as it can go. Do you, well, I guess that's my question is like, do you think longevity is more important to him than like committed? How how committed is he to like being good long-term and how committed is he to just playing and taking up a spot long-term? Well, we haven't like seen him bad yet. Like, this season, he's still good as ever. He's still, I think, pure talent-wise, the best player in the league. Like, Really? Yeah. Like, with, with the same teammates, I think a team led by LeBron James goes farther than any other player in the NBA. Like, <laughs> Interesting. So he's not, like, just making these all-star teams and being in the MVP conversation by nature of his name. No. Like... I, I think LeBron is a top five MVP candidate. Just if, if you don't think that, I don't really think you've been watching him this year. Like, like I, 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 can, I can hear the arguments for 
he shouldn't be top three. He's only there because of the media, Kawhi or Giannis, just because they don't have the, the whole story of it being year 18. They're not there. So I do think the media absolutely plays a role in LeBron still being the face of the league. And just like regular season wise, there is a case that he shouldn't be in the MVP conversation, but I like, I'm not mad that he is because again, he is, has had a very impressive season, but yeah, this, this isn't like a, a Denver Broncos, Peyton Manning, where he's just there because, <laughs> you know, he's got to go somewhere and wants to make more money and wants to play longer. Yeah, no, this is someone who's still in the upper echelon of the sport competing in the place that he thinks gives him the best chance to win right now. So fascinating. Oh, yeah. um, there's no world in which he moves away from LA though. No, I, I can't see it. I, I, this is how he ends his career. He's, he's had so many chapters of his career. I think more so than almost any superstar because Jordan, you, you really only have the, uh, phases of his career the uh before he became really good phase the uh, pre-retirement phase the post-retirement phase and then wizards jordan if you <laughs> count if that you at all. yeah that's yeah. four phases and that's quite a lot lebron has had like five he's had the young gun rookie in cleveland most hated player in the nba in miami comes back to cleveland you know does his stuff there and then la and LA's really only just got started now. It's it's crazy. Yeah. And those are clearer and more defined differences than Jordan. Yeah. Jordan, you have I, to kind of reach for some of them. But whereas, like, I think LeBron, we have lived and died with every trade of LeBron Jordan. Yeah. The, the fact that it is just, like, part of internet culture to say, like, I'm taking my talents to South Beach whenever you like do a thing you know what i mean like people i know will move papers and they will be like that's why i'm happy to announce that i'm taking my talents to piscataway wisconsin to work for this piscataway times or whatever like yeah heck we even we made a parody of the decision yes. last year <laughs> it was bad but like we made it we made it it's on youtube so go go watch it kids yeah mostly watch justin's greatest video and possibly my favorite video on the internet ever steve harrington harrington has a bra moment <laughs> i've never seen that show but i love weezer and just like his face with that chorus is the greatest thing ever it it's so good like that's that's easily the video i'm most proud of on my channel like <laughs> okay lakers who's fourth fourth is the clippers the clippers again they've had injuries with Kawhi and paul george but when when the team is fully healthy they look a lot better than last year which is weird because they're one of the teams that didn't make any major changes it's it's like it feels too simple to say that you know the it, new it coach ty Lu and Sergi Baca, who's an upgrade at the power forward position, is what turns their complete trajectory of the franchise around. It just seems like this is a common theme with a couple of the top teams this year. It's just it just seems too easy mm -hmm. that that would like cause them to make the jump. Like All right, fifth, 
fifth. Um, this is where the West starts to weaken a bit. I want to say it's the Nuggets. It just has. Okay, let's. You know what? That's fine. That's cool. Let's just move on to the East. Yeah, the East is basically a three-team race, and then just. No, it's not chaos. No, it's not. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 a four-team race. No, um, the yeah, it's a fourteen race. I'm sorry. Yeah, yes, it is actually because uh, if I can uh, on three okay, or five day uh, snort some lines of heat culture right now, uh, I will gladly do so on the podcast. But uh, uh, okay, actually, it's it's then it's a five team race. The Knicks are good, yes. but they're not good. Like they the are Knicks, good for the Knicks. The like, Knicks are gonna make the fucking playoffs. They're gonna make the playoffs, likely. Which is all you can ask for as a Knicks fan. They they are not going to win a series by yeah, any means. Yeah, they are. One no. series. One series. You're telling me that by sheer force of will and combined suffering, Knicks fans can't will the New York Knicks, cannot manifest them through one playoff series to a what would that be? To a quarterfinal? No. Semifinal. Conference. To semi. a semifinal. Yeah. Well, if the world was a slightly different place and we were allowed to experience a full Madison Square Garden watching their lovable losers turn the corner as a ragtag bunch of misfits and make the playoffs for the first time since Carmelo Anthony was the leading scorer on that team, then I could see the argument that like the garden would be so rocking that it could will them to winning all their home I, games, and they just need to I swipe one on the road. Hope of all Knicks fans. What? It's just that pure hope, that pure spiritual energy that is going to will this team to success. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. If it hasn't happened with Nebraska football yet, I don't think it can happen with the Knicks. See, um, but we're legitimately cursed for a reason, and we deserved it. Frank Solich? Was that what started the curse? No. No, I think what Lawrence started Phillips? no, no, having the audacity to think we were special. Yeah, that's that's what it is for me. Saying we are a good football team by nature of being a football team in Nebraska, and God cursed us for our hubris. Which I mean, in a completely different topic, is is something I kind of think about too, because. Like every time God, Nebraska football, hubris. Yeah, well, every time Nebraska football was really successful, we tell ourselves it's because, oh, it was just the coaching was so much better. But like in the seventies, players came to us in Oklahoma because schools in the South would not recruit black kids. Right. We, obviously, that's changed since. So that's out the window. In the nineties, we revolutionized the weight training program, <laughs> steroids, and. Obviously, do you think so? Do you honest to God think so? Okay, can walk on program. You're telling me <laughs> that, that kids from Kozad can walk in at 260 and then just after two months of the best weight training in the country become this 300 pound beef tank of destruction? No, <laughs> it makes so much sense that they were roided up. How did we never get caught? Because I have no proof and there is no proof. Like, this is Maya. Jordan killed his dad. It's like, 
I believe it because there's just something fishy about how we were the only team in the country to figure this out. Like that just no, seems not. That just seems like an excuse. What, you realize like Bruce Jenner didn't lift weights. Yeah, like I know weightlifting wasn't really a thing. But it, like I, I think you're underestimating how much strength training didn't exist. Yeah. And I think that like by focusing on it, and also by let's be real, sure, you might come in at 250 because most of the work you've been doing has been throwing hay bales. But like all it takes is to get you some real exercise equipment and a schedule and a regimen and some nutrition other than like mom's homemade runzas. And like, you know, of course you're going to be able to get better. Yeah. I will agree with you just for the sake of, I do not want to desecrate the name of Tom Osborne because I want to show my face in the state again. You've already done it. man. Like there's, (laughs) There's no coming back from this. We will know if we have listeners from this because, like, please send Justin your hate mail. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it for sure happened. I'm just saying, w- w- would, would I be surprised if it did? Like, does, does the evidence line up if that is the reason? I, you, you failed to give me a specific player you think was right it, though. I have no idea, honestly. I'm just I'm just going off like, of, of message board rumors and, and just Reddit trolls at this point because it's like, you know what? Like, that might be true, you know? It might not be, but it might be. And like, well, if, if we were so revolutionary at weight training, like, why have we just sucked for so long? Like, because other people caught up and the natural, like, order of Nebraska not being good caught up. Or the kids were juicing and now they're not. Why do we stop juicing then? Without ever getting caught, we just willfully stopped juicing. Um. Huh. <laughs> also, nobody leaked it. Ever. Nobody leaked it. Come on. I see that there's enough evidence to ask yourself the question. Okay. But I just don't think there's enough there to possibly say I'm at all convinced. But like, please do your digging on this. Expand this and let's make it a segment. Okay. Uh, in the East, who's winning the East? All right. <laughs> uh, the Philadelphia 76ers are first place in the East. Uh, with Joel Embiid. With Joel Embiid. Again, this is a team that... They lost in, I want to say, I think they got swept by the Celtics in the first round of the playoffs last year. And they just made a couple very minor changes, adding some, you know, shaky, but, you know, present three-point shooting in Danny Green and Seth Curry. And then all of a sudden, they're, it seems like that's fixed everything. And it's like, that that just can't be the answer. That's, that's too simple. Like Danny Green is not the difference between a six seed and a one seed. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. so like that, that makes me cautious about it, but that team just looks really, really good when they're all healthy and playing together. Like <laughs> they, they might even be my favorite over the Nets because the Nets are just such a new team. 
Interesting. Okay, so are the Nets second? The Nets are second. They are nine and one in their last ten. It's it's they are definitely the team to beat in the East because you know Harden, Kyrie, Kevin Durant, two of those guys are scoring thirty any given game. Yeah, that's just almost impossible to beat consistently unless you have two guys who can do the same, which nobody in the East does on a consistent basis. So So it's going to be Nets Lakers or Nets Jets. Likely, but again, the the Nets really don't have a defense at all. Again, who needs it when you score so much, but yeah, the Nets have become the Houston Rockets. Yeah. Except with, you know, an actual team that's not James Harden, but they're a very new team. And oftentimes it can take teams a while to really, you know, break into themselves and start winning like uh, the Miami Heat big three lost the finals their first year. Is this big three, and I recognize you're the most biased person I could ever ask, does this big three on a sheer talent level even graze how good that Miami Heat big three was? I mean, I think, yeah, 2013 LeBron Wade, I think that's like the one-two of like, the best combination of talent to ever like play on a basketball court, like best one what? two punch, like together at the same time. But that's just a bias me speaking. I mean, I think there's certainly an argument, heck, for even LeBron and Anthony Davis being a better duo, like just pure talent wise. So, mm-hmm. what about Jordan- Magic and Kareem? That might beat it. Magic and Kareem, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but funny. And Bugs, my MJ and Bugs, yeah. 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 Rad. But I, I will say just from a pure st- talent standpoint, though, even though James and Wade, I think, are better, I would rank them above, like, all time above uh, Katie and Harden in their present versions. But Kyrie Irving as a third is far better than Chris Bosh. And, like, Chris Bosh was really solid. But, like, these are three players who would be the best player on, I think, pretty much all but, you know, three, four teams in their conference. Like, that's Mm -hmm. not something you could have said about the Miami Heat back in the day. Like, just the sheer amount of talent that is on this Nets team right now in the starting lineup of, like, these players could be leading other, other teams to the same record that the Nets have now but they're all together. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's just crazy. And it's, it's gelling pretty well. Yeah. Like I would say, so I don't see any like noticeable cracks. Like there, like there was in like the, the tail end years of the uh, Durant warriors. So I, I just think health is the key. And then, you know, not getting too complacent on defense where you allow a team to just outshoot you which is certainly possible because like, while the Nets are, you know, one of the best shooting teams talent wise, like you saw the Warriors, a similarly built team almost lose to the Rockets, a team that just was their only plan was just to shoot more threes than the Warriors and hope they make more of them. I don't know if there's anybody in the East who set up to do that, but I'm just saying that the way the Nets play basketball opens up that sort of door for them to be beaten. Interesting. So 
who else have we not? Okay, who's third in the East? Let's start lightning rounding here. I got to wrap up soon. The Bucks, they are about the same as they've been the past two seasons, which is odd because they've made some major roster revamps outside of Giannis Antetokounmpo. But again, the Bucks are a team that I think we've been fooled too many times by. They were the top seed in the East the past two seasons. And last season, they got out of there in five by the Miami Heat, whose strategy of just defend Giannis, make him pass the ball, worked perfectly. And the, here's, here's my hot take. The Bucks won't do anything in the playoffs because it's not a good storyline. Next, please. Adam Silva pressed the magic button. Or Giannis is just not that good enough to win a championship as the best player. He had a bad cover curse, man. He did. He did. Like I, like, I love Giannis. I hope he gets over the hump. But right now, I just, all the evidence shows that if he is your best player, you're not a championship team. Again, I, I, I very much hope he proves me wrong because I, I really love watching him play. I'd love to see him get his and like Milwaukee win, but I don't know. I just don't see it. He'll, he'll have to prove me wrong is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then there's a three game gap. And then everyone here is within like two games of each other of four through eight. It goes Celtics, Knicks, Heat, Hornets, Raptors. And then like the Celtics, They've let's had talk struggles. about let's let's skip the Celtics because I know a little bit about them and also don't care. Um, yeah. the Knicks. Tell me about our glory. The Knicks. This is it's such a weird like success story because again they didn't really make any major roster changes and it's like <laughs> these guys sucked last year. Just all of a sudden, Julius Randle is an All Star, where. <laughs> Like, I thought that was like, like, that's the absolute ceiling of his career. Like, is what I thought, like, in his early days in in the league. But just to see him actually reach it is like very surprising because of all the like top five draft picks who have like underachieved so far. But like, there's still that sliver of hope they could develop to their full potential. I just didn't see Julius Randle making that jump, and yet he has. So, like, more power to him. Like, that's really cool. Great. And R.J. Barrett, a second-year player from Duke, pretty solid. Like, I thought... A good player at Duke. Yeah, but, I mean, he was in Zion's shadow, so... Right. What's Zion up to? Is he not making a difference anywhere? It's so odd because early in the season, he wasn't really doing much. So like the media who was like all about Zion, his rookie year. And even in this off season, like the coverage just slowly started to fade, but like over the past two months, he has been playing incredible. Like he's averaging like 24 points a game. He, he made the all-star team. He's night in and night out. One of the more consistently reliable players in the NBA to get you 20 and to like provide a spark. Like, I, I still think that we don't know what his ceiling is yet. Cause I think there is that chance that he becomes, you know, as good as he was hyped up to be because he is having a stellar second season, but yet no one's really talking about it. Like that's has crazy. He raised, has he raised his floor? Um, has he proven he's not just going to be a burnout? 
I I think so. I, like, I really think the reason he's not really getting the same coverage is because he's not really playing, you know, the most exciting form of basketball that he could be. Like, if you look right. at his shot charts, it's pretty much all in the lane is what he's scoring. You know, he, mm-hmm. he doesn't really shoot threes. You know, he's like, he still dunks, but he's not going for the poster every single time he has the ball. Like, what? Why are other players not desperately trying to like get him out of New Orleans and on their team? I Why know. are organizations not courting him? New Orleans, I think, is just so young as a team that I think you like wait and see is the approach there before you're trying to save him is because they are a team that just, you know, suffered in lottery hell for a bunch of years and just mm-hmm not to mention traded with the Lakers to get their products of lottery hell. So there's a lot of young talent on that team that just really needs to develop and get some veteran presence there to help like right the ship and like teach these guys how to win because these, these guys are just mostly newbies to the NBA and they just don't have really any, any real mentors because the Pelicans have just been such a young team and any, anybody they do get just seems to leave after one year. So it's, mm-hmm. it's gonna, there's a lot of growing pains early, but if, if they, you know, stick it out and develop together, this is going to be a team that does a lot of winning with a really solid core. But if, if they just fizzle out like young players can do, then Zion's going to be searching for the first train to New York or LA. Interesting. Okay, we have covered literally everything I could have possibly wanted to know about the NBA. Yes. I guess maybe uh, based on what you've learned today, what do you think is the interesting thing to look out for the rest of the season? What? There, there are a few interesting takeaways from what I've learned. Um, the Utah Jazz will almost inevitably be a high seed in the playoffs. How do they look in their first round matchup? I think we're going to like, from what I'm hearing from you, we're going to know everything we need to know about the Utah jazz from like their first two games in the playoffs. If, if they get the Mavericks or warriors, I could see them losing as the one seed solely because they would not have the best player on the floor. But, but they, then they also wouldn't like, look like a one seed unless they are a true one seed right like just in how they play in the score lines in those in those narratives we're gonna know what we need to know about them fairly quickly once we get the playoff ball yeah but if Um, they somehow draw the spurs then they'll probably sweep them i i quite frankly have no idea what the spurs are doing in the playoff picture they just exist to win games like randomly you know that's fair um, the Lakers are likely going to be good enough to get through the West, probably better than this Utah team. But like every time, there are probably going to be some teams that make the Lakers sweat a little bit. And if the Lakers make the finals, now to get back over the East – it probably won't be an easy finals for them because they're going to have to hit either a 76ers team that is like good 
a Brooklyn team that is loaded, just loaded. And let's be real. This is the Adam Silver, I want this finals. Because it gets the most of my stars in front of the biggest audience. Um, and, and those are really the two teams that it seemed like you believed had a real chance of getting out of the East. Yeah, I think if the Heat stay healthy, they have a chance too. But like the Miami Heat, I've, I've followed, obviously, very, follow this team very closely. They only look like their bubble selves, you know, the, the team that won the East last season when literally everybody is like fully healthy. And that is increasingly rare, you know, in the, in the COVID NBA. And, you know. Well, they're just so, they've been playing so long. Yeah. And I, not to mention. So, so I would say, here's, you want a bold prediction? Yeah. I think the odds of the Knicks winning their first um, playoff round are higher than, marginally higher than the Heat winning their first playoff round. I, I would disagree because, I mean, a lot of it depends on health and, like, peaking at the right time. But everything I know about, like, this front office and, like, something tells me that they know that that's not the way they want to have the team like run is, you know, it's only fine if everybody's there. Like this team needs bat- depth badly. And this team also needs to, uh, when's the trade deadline? I think like two weeks after today. Like, so, okay. Oh, oh interesting. Okay. So we might have some like fun trade yeah. stuff happen soon. And, and not to mention Blake Griffin is now on the buyout market. The Pistons have released him and paid out the rest of his contract. So, again, he's... Oh, my he's God. Not... Blake Griffin to the Heat would be a lot of fun. Great Blake Griffin to the Knicks would be even more fun. God. And then and his most likely landing spot will probably be the Lakers because who doesn't want to ring? But um, <laughs> that's, well, that's, what, that's what I'm telling myself, so I'll be very relieved if he goes anywhere else. As a guy who, like, grew up at the Clippers, does he want to go to the other side of L.A.? Yeah, like, that's the thing that, you know, makes me think that the Lakers might not be the favorites is that, you know, he was the man on the Clippers for so long. And that'll just be very awkward. Like, even though they had, even though the Clippers and him had a pretty messy divorce, like, that would, that's a very harsh act of revenge that, I don't know, I I don't don't think late, late career Blake Griffin is, is in the mood to make. But who knows? Any legacy he had in, like, the Clipper side of L.A. is gone. Yeah, especially now that they've, you know, improved after he left. Like, the Lob City days of Blake Griffin and Chris Paul, they, it was very fun basketball to watch. Yeah. But it never did anything in the playoffs. It, it blew a 3-1 lead in the Western Conference semifinals. Just yeah. like the current Clippers. But, you know, at least the current Clippers... You know, there's the possibility it could get better. Like the old Clippers were all the old Clippers were ever going to be. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fun. Um, that's. Do you have any other questions for me? No, that's the pod. Great. Good pod. That was fun. 
Yeah. I would say back to regularly scheduled programming, but let's be realistic. We won't get back to regularly scheduled programming until August. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. Well, yeah. I mean, just like football. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, sounds good. Always yeah, good there's... to talk to everybody. Go Sox. Go oh. Nick. <laughs> go New York. How about that? I, I, I could I, be I cheering the Knicks on. I could be cheering the Yankees on. You don't know. I will assume it's the Knicks and move on. You have a nice rest of your night, bud. All right, thank you. You too.